what time it is. It's time for an economic update with Dr. Dr. Kirk Ellis. How are you? Happy? Great. I mean, what a weekend. It was wild. I actually was in a at a conference in in Rapid City with with Mary Crowley and it was amazing. Oh, wow. So many so many amazing believers and patriots and it was just it was just really cool. And then I get back and it's like poof all this weird news, wacky news coming out of Europe, coming out of America. And it's like, oh boy, here we go. It is an amazing weekend back into the norm of (laughs) political mayhem. (laughs) Wow. It it is, but as confusing and as crazy as they make it, make it seem there, it's really not, you know, I mean, there's only a few things happening. One, you got a group of global elites that are trying to hijack our lives. And the most controlling thing that they can do there is control the money. Mm -hmm. And then, and then create the same kind of confusion to break down families and to break down people's identity of who they are and then celebrate it over the course of an entire month. And so um, those mm-hmm. are kind of the, the the two big fronts, but those are dominoes that tip over a lot of areas in your life. If people's money's not right and they're fearful, well, man, they might then binge drink or they're going to do this, or they might, you know, the stress on their family and their marriage. I mean, it's like there's, there's domino effects from these things in both of those arenas. And I think it's encouraging for people to realize that it, the world's not organically from the bottom up going crazy, that there literally are a few people that in, in our opinion, and we have this conservative Christian values that we're looking at the, these situations, but there is a, a spiritual component to that, that there's a small number of people from the top down forcing these companies to run the ads they're doing and the agendas they're doing and the, the Melissa McCarthy, West Hollywood parade and the stuff that 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 is happening that's like, do people want, is that really like, no, it's not the masses. It's a small number at top. And Mm -hmm. for me, that brings a lot of peace because we just need to have wise information to make good choices. And so half of that's knocked out right here with you with two PhDs and knowing, Hey, how do we handle the financial part? And then, you know, the, 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 the other component, you know, you just need like a kind of a biblical compass exhale and then trust God, you know, that, Hey, he has a plan and an intent for the family and people do operate best. In a family. I do want to tell you something, Dr. Kirk. I didn't mean to jump in, but I just, I just, th- I was thinking this. We have really good friends that contacted us over the weekend because they'd been watching the shows that we put out last week when you actually came into the studio and interviewed. And they said, I just want to say, I watched all the shows and I've always felt this way, but it just, it was confirmed. I am so thankful that I invested yeah. with Dr. Kirk. I am so Aww. thankful for that. You know, it's like, they thought they got to know you, they thought they got to know you better as a person. Yeah. You know, because we do these short things focused on, you know, crazy news. But in that format, if people, if you've not gone back and seen it, you can go to our Rumble channel or, or uh, go to the flyoverapp.com. Um, it was a, it was a, I don't know, maybe a four hour interview. Yeah. We deep dived into, I mean, marriage and finance and tithing and God and, and money and, and I mean, so many areas. CBDCs. And, and, and then yep. clearly, obviously, all the, the, the global financial issues. But it was, mm-hmm. it was really, I, I've enjoyed it. I've gone back and watched it. Yep. It's so good. It, but we just, we just, we're so thankful for you. Mm. Well, I'm so thankful for you. It, it really is a, a privilege and a blessing and an honor to be with you every week and to to serve your your viewers, right? Mm-hmm. That call us, and that's that's our goal. That's our blessing to be able to help, and it's what we're called and gifted and anointed to do, right? And so, yep. you know, you you talked about money, and you, I know you too. I've known you for a long, long time, mm-hmm. for decades, right? And you don't worship money. You treat money in its proper position, right? It's it's a tool to give away. 
Mm-hmm. Right. It's like, and, and it's amazing. And, and I know a ton of other people like that. I live like that, but whenever you have people that have too much of an imbalance with their money, it's, it, it's a reflection of something that's kind of yucky on the inside. Mm. Same thing with people who have addictions to, to substances, same things. That, but, and so I got to thinking about it just as you were talking this morning, it's like, and I, I remembered this quote that thoughts become words words become actions, actions become Mm -hmm. habits, habits become character, and character becomes your destiny, right? So in every part of life, that progression holds true. And what we saw over the last few weeks of the debt ceiling talks, Mm -hmm. it talked about our character as a nation, right? Because those words became habits. So we've got this habit Mm -hmm. of overspending, and that became our character, and that ultimately is our destiny as a nation, is we are going bankrupt. Right. And it all thought is it all started with a thought. It's mm-hmm. like, how how can we, you know, take care of these people to get more votes? Right. It goes all the way back to when we did a, a show on on the Roman Republic falling and this dude Clodius, right, who started yep. getting people's votes, bribing them with with free grain for for votes, right? So it's like we've got this same progression happening in America, right? And so so everything that we saw over the last three weeks between McCarthy and Biden to me, absolute political theater. Mm-hmm. They they never intended on negotiating anything. McCarthy, to me, his actions showed where his heart was. Yeah. He never intended to negotiate. I, I'm telling you, when when he when Biden left the negotiations to go to Japan to the G7 nations, he showed his heart too. It's like, oh, I'm more concerned about these globalist notions of everything we're talking about, about G7, rather than domestic policy in America that I'm sort of supposed to be the president of, right? Yeah. So he goes and leaves the conversation, then comes back. And during this time, McCarthy's saying, we're, we're, we're not going to give you what you want. We're not going to reward you for overspending. We've got to stop the debt ceiling increases because that's mortgaging our future as a country. And then Biden says, well, we're never going to negotiate. Well, mm-hmm. then what happens? You know, first, when they first came back, it's like, uh-oh, we're going to raise the debt ceiling by $4 trillion, which would be the most ever in the history of our country. And I thought, ah, nuts. They've, they've totally done it this time. And McCarthy caved, and they're going to do But then it yeah. was worse than that, truly. So what they ended up doing, the, the whole word, there's so many wrong things about this statement, but they were negotiating about the debt ceiling. McCarthy did no negotiation, number one. And when you talk about the word debt ceiling, the second word is ceiling, and they mm-hmm. took it out. <laughs> yeah, there is no the ceiling. ceiling to what they did. They said unlimited spending until the election. Yeah. Okay. Wow. So this is what makes it really bad. And he, and he campaigned the, on that. I'm going to get rid of the 87,000 mm-hmm. armed IRAs as, as agents and you know these kind of things. And it's like nothing. They're not. Wow. I mean, that's what he's pounding the table on some of these kind of issues. He didn't didn't, didn't even Did, put a dent. They didn't get rid of one. Didn't even get rid of one of them. They didn't mm-hmm. get rid of the five hundred billion to trillion dollar, possibly unlawful student loan bailout provision. Mm-hmm. I mean, they didn't get rid of anything, right? So, so they got rid of the word ceiling and just unlimited. But who does that help? That helps the the party in power when when they're in power and they can say, "Look, we, we're giving you everything that you want until the election, right? So vote for us." And then, and then they're putting up to the lame duck Congress afterwards, people who might be voted out of office to actually vote on the debt ceiling. Why would we 
leave it up to people who are leaving to determine our future, right? They have no incentive to do anything right. I mean, everything about this bill was 180 degrees opposite wrong, just bad. It's bad for America, but, but shame, literally, I know he's, he's, I'm a conservative, right? I'm, I'm, I'm a biblically based conservative, but shame on McCarthy for, for even pretending Mm -hmm. that he was going to negotiate because this was really bad. I mean, this is going to, what are the ramifications? It's going to raise inflation. It's going to ultimately raise interest rates because they're going to have to print so much money to have an unlimited debt ceiling, (laughs) Mm -hmm. no ceiling, but unlimited debt. That, that somebody's got to pay for that, right? And they're going to print money like there's no tomorrow to get that done, which means they're going to have to raise interest rates. And other countries are going to look at that and say, what? America can't can't spend within their means. We're, we're going to stop investing into U.S. treasuries, which is exactly what's happening. Russia's now wanting to get out of, out of uh, they already got out of U.S. treasuries, but now there's this deal that they're mm-hmm. starting to talk to Iran about and saying, hey, you got to do the same thing, right? Just like we yeah. did. Get out of U.S. treasuries completely. China's potentially wants to dump along with other countries upwards of, of close to $800 billion worth of U.S. treasuries. It's like, what? There is a day of reckoning coming. Mm-hmm. And, and this is this is an ugly sign moving forward, especially when we're in the midst of a bank crisis and mm-hmm. banks failing that you would have um, the debt ceiling talk that goes awry and say, we're going to just print uncontrollably, which is going to cause more inflation, rising cost of borrowing when, and what, and people have lowering wages. What, the, what are they going to do? They're going to pull more money out of the banks just to survive. Mm-hmm. Right. And then that can, creates another contagion because banks don't have enough money on hand. And so there's, Damn. then the news is going to come out. It's like people are, are taking money out just to live on, but this bank is about to fail and we don't have enough on hand to support all of this. What do we do? Right. And so I think there's going to be more bank failures. I think there's going to be a lot of mayhem coming that people don't even realize what's what's coming yet. So Mm. so how much money have Americans already pulled out of the banking system? So I just saw this report just earlier this morning. I would imagine a lot. Yep. It's it's unfathomable. So let me see. There's. There's 472, $472 billion. There's a lot of zeros there. I had to kind of add it up. Yeah. So uh, in the first three months of this year, $472 wow. billion, half a trillion dollars leaves the banking system in historic numbers. Okay. So that's, that's, is that from the FDIC first quarter uh, report? Yep. First FDIC first Which, quarter report. Which that doesn't so, even, you know, like March is where a lot of the the bank information, the closings mm-hmm. really kicked in. Mm-hmm. So they have till uh, ends in March. They had some time till, you know, late April, early May to even put out those numbers. So that only reflects really a couple of weeks of people's that, response, reaction to Republic and the yeah. things that have happened there. I mean, that's just that's just like that's like the national anthem. That's just the warm ups. It's just the warm up. So the second quarter is going to be a bloodbath in my my estimation mm-hmm. because this was that was really two months of nothing burger and then one month of, of people pulling out. What if what, when you have three months of people pulling out, this is going to be kind of a disastrous turn of events, right? So so here's where this all started, like we talked about in previous shows in March of 2020 when the Fed re- changed the reserve requirement to zero. 
and banks don't have to have anything on hand. So when, when people start withdrawing, what is that going to do? It means they're going to be financially stressed, mm-hmm. like nothing that we've ever seen. Yep. So, uh, so you know, I've done so much research over the last few weeks on, on banks and bank failures because people keep asking me, well, what's a safe bank? What's like, well, really right now, it's like I, I can't say that anything's really super safe because here's, here's a, in a world where there's no guarantees, here's kind of the guarantee that happened. Um, guaranteed, Thursday night before – Silicon Valley Bank went under on Friday. Those people didn't know that their bank was going under on Friday. Right. Or else the bank run would have started on Thursday, right? This is mm-hmm. how we know. Um, the, <laughs> day before, so first, true. the day before First Republic went down, people didn't know that their bank was going down. And that was the 14th largest bank in America, right? So here in America, we've seen like one credit union in New York, uh, First Republic Bank, Silicon Valley Bank, Signature Bank, and Silvergate Bank. So we've had like five, right, that, that have gone under. Look at this newest report from Weiss Research, who's done bank ratings for almost 30 years. There's 4,243 U.S. banks and credit unions vulnerable to failure. Wow. Right okay. Look what Mayhem 5 cost, <laughs> let alone 4,243 wow. that are on the verge of failure. So why do banks fail? For three reasons, Okay. Number one is they have malinvestment. They, they're investing in garbage that you and I would invest in stocks, bonds, mutual funds, real estate. They're all coming down. So their investments aren't performing well and they don't have enough capital, which means they have more withdrawals going out than they have deposits going in. Mm-hmm. Those three reasons are why bank fail, why all banks fail, right? So, so what this tells us is with wages declining, with inflationary pressures persisting, with everything that we're seeing coming out of the Biden administration, Weiss is putting all of that together and say, oh boy, we've got low liquidity. We've got high demand for capital coming out as people need money to live on. Very few deposits going in, rising interest rates. People are defaulting on loans. There's now 4,243 banks ripe for failure. Okay. I, I, interview, uh, I listened to the interview Glenn Beck had on uh, a representative from their company. I think the people that started it, they're probably retired yes. and are done, but like maybe Dallas something was his name. He was a representative yep. from there. There's like 500 and some, like 39 years, like 500 and some banks that have gone under. They've predicted within a couple, all of them, like every one of them that went under. Mm. And Glenn Beck was really pressuring him. Like, can you tell us kind of, you know, Bank of America or Chase or different. Can you, and he said, I, I, I'm not in a position to be able to speak clearly on the names of these companies. But, you know, he, he gave clear advice that everybody needs to be operating like basically they're heading into a, a, a rainstorm and you need to be dressing accordingly. Mm. You know, like none of them are basically safe and there's not enough to protect them that if you have, you know, and some of these, obviously most of our listeners, you know, aren't worried about 250,000 in their checking account, but their boss is, their yeah. employer is, or if Which they own affects a, them, if they own a small business. So most people either own a company or they work for a company. Right. And it affects all of those people. So that I means mm-hmm. nobody, nobody is like, well, this doesn't affect me. You know, it, it, it the, it's, it's an industry mm-hmm. that's been artificially propped up. So what, what do people do, Dr. Kirk? Well, so this is where even even my advice is is changing because of all the bank failures. Because before it's like credit unions are the safest, then regional banks, mm-hmm. and then you know stay away from the big nasty ones. Your Bank of America, City, 
and your small little ones that don't have enough capital. Right. But with all the banks that we've seen fail, they're all regional banks. But they're they're more on the West Coast where you've had mortgage failures, big tech companies mm. going out mm-hmm. of business, Makes massive sense. drain on capital. So so middle, you know, flyover states. Right. <laughs> um, they're they're their regional banks are probably still relatively okay, but you can't make the statement anymore that regional banks are actually still safe because they're obviously not. So this is how quickly things can turn around. I mean, I've been a PhD economist for a long time, right? I've been doing this for 29 years. And for as long as I can remember that order of credit unions and and regional banks are the safest, we can't say that anymore. Mm-hmm. Because you can't, and this is why Dallas Brown or whatever his name was with, with Weiss mm-hmm. Research can't actually name a bank because there's 4,200 plus that are on the verge of collapse. Which one is going to have a big company that goes under? Like, mm-hmm. let's say it were, okay, some regional bank in Best Buy had all their stuff there and Best Buy goes bankrupt. I'm saying that they are. I'm just saying what if. Right. right. Well, then then they, they pull out all this capital and it's like, oh, my word. Now it hits the news mm-hmm. that this bank just kind of went under. You never know which one of those banks is going to have a big company that goes under that pulls yeah. out all their available capital and then nobody else in the bank can get it. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is the problem that we're in, which is why he couldn't give an answer. It's not like he was dodging a question. He doesn't know, right? He doesn't know which one of these banks is going to have that happen. So here's where what we do is pull money out of the banking system, have a few months of expenses on hand. And then go into something that's tangible, that's real, that's not tied to somebody else's debt and spending it. That would be silver. I would go into silver wholeheartedly to take advantage of the trend to be safe. Man, it's huge. So people go to flyovergold.com. When you do, it's a landing page, place for you to fill out your information. When you fill out your information, someone from Dr. Kirk's team will get a hold of you. It puts you in the queue. Now, they're going to be able to answer your questions, help you to walk through the process, and it doesn't cost you anything to have this consultation. It's absolutely free. And they're amazing because they're coming from a place of it's never pressure. Oh, you got to do this. It's just giving you information so that you know what you should do next in your life. And I love working with you guys. I'm so thankful for you. So go to flyovergold.com or call 720-605-3900. Zero, zero. Do it today. Don't wait any longer. Do it today. You'll be glad you did. Dr. Kirk, thank you so much for your time. We really appreciate it. Are you having a hard time sleeping at night thinking, what am I going to do about my finances? You know, times are really changing. They're changing fast. Let me give you a quick example of how in 1920, if you had a $20 bill and one ounce of gold, you could go into any men's clothing store and buy an entire suit. Wow. The, the jacket, the shirt, the belt, shoes, the whole bit. Today, that $20 bill, what's it going to get you? Not much. Maybe the socks, maybe a <laughs> handkerchief, but the one ounce of gold could still buy you the entire suit at any men's store in America. That's the difference. That's what inflation does to your dollar. It's a deflating dollar caused by inflation. Now, today, that's happening faster than ever. You need somebody that you trust that can help get you out of a fake currency and into something that's going to keep you safe. And we know a guy that has two PhDs by the name of Dr. Dr. Kirk Elliott. We have known him for over 25 years, and he's someone we completely trust. You need somebody that you can get a hold of, somebody that's going to be there for you to get back out of it, and then maybe back into the stock market, maybe back into something else when things settle down. But right now is not that time. You need somebody that you trust and somebody you can call and make those worries go away. That's exactly right. So you can go to flyovergold.com, fill out your information for your free consultation, or you can call 720-605-3900. 
800-300-3900. Do it today. You'll be glad you did. For more great content, go to flyoverconservatives.com.